I got the horse right here, the name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the web is clear, can do, can do. This is Bill Duncliffe. I want to welcome you back to another edition of the Can Do Podcast, where the heroes in history of horse racing come alive, part of the In The Money Media Network. This is another episode of our Beyond the Backstretch series, celebrating and illuminating the lives of the backstretch heroes who make our sport run every day. If you're at all like me, at times it's not unusual for us to ponder the path we've navigated in this life and how we got to the point where we are at today. It's not always a straight line, and often it's not what we intended when we first got started. As John Lennon said, life is what happens when you are making other plans. For Jorge Calderon, exercise rider and jockey on the Naira circuit and in various East Coast venues, he was born into a racing family, but finding his way to where he is today took a less traditional path. Just for kicks, you might say. Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Hi, my name is Jorge Calderon. I'm from Ecuador, South America. I'm coming from a, a, a horseman family. It is become from my grandfather. Later, my father became to be a, a, a jockey. And the later years, he became to be a, a horse trainer. Besides that, I have a, two brothers that passed away that they was uh, a jockey at some point. They was racing here in the States and uh, my country, Ecuador. So when I was, uh, I born in 1974, and that year was, uh, in the year I, I was born, you know, the, the racetrack in the capital, Quito, in Ecuador, they closed for for sure, and uh, and my father, with all horses and all family, they come back to, to Guayaquil, which is mm-hmm. in the coast. Guayaquil is the second, Important city in, in Ecuador, and so mm-hmm. and there was a racetrack over there, and later there was another racetrack in, in the in the beach, and, and so I was very young by that day. I was like one year old, and so I don't don't remember much. Back when I was five year old, you know, we was living in a big house, and uh, uh, we part of the horse racing business. And my brothers that we used to race here in the state and come back to Ecuador and race uh, for seasons, you know. Mm-hmm. And so later, um, I grew up in the ambience like that, you know, and it, that's like a legacy from my family, you know, being the whole racing business. And I immediately, since I was a kid, I fall in love with the with the horse racing. I want to race, I want to ride horses. And later, I grew up in this ambience, you know, and so I was very fascinated with that because uh, we have a big house in the back of the our kitchen was uh, the door, and uh, after that was like a... Uh, 10 stalls we have right there and so like uh, always my dad was working with horses and so by my age five year old like I can remember you know I start walking around that and see my 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 dad working on the horse's legs you know like uh, all the process you know what he's grooming horses and everything you yeah. know so yeah. by, by the age uh, like uh, I was like a 10, 10 year old 11 year old, I was, uh, I wanna, uh, I was always saying my, to my dad, like, hey, I wanna ride horses, when you teach me, when you, I wanna be a jockey, like my brother, and so, you know, it, I was the last boy, the last kid of my father, and so, like, uh, no, let's wait a little bit, you know, continue to go to the school, but if you wanna do something else, uh, uh, we, we working on it. 
So I was I was happy about it, you know. I always been horses riding, you know, a little bit, you know, some with a, a kid, and so, mm-hmm. and uh, I I stay like like home of that, you know. So back in the day, you know, like I was fascinated about uh, uh, karate and martial arts, right? And so like uh, my father said, okay, that's a good thing. That's what you can train. You can uh, learn how to, you know, be part of the business, you know, like a um, sport, and so. I always be be doing sports, you know, like uh, baseball, you know, basketball in the in the primary school, stuff like that, you know. But I uh, I like the the karate, and so I start training karate. But uh, first I I start like uh, training like a uh, kung fu school. I was there for like a uh, for like a month, and later like at, uh, I was like uh, I say no, I, I like uh, I like to dress white, and I wanna have like uh, the belt and all that yeah. things, you know. Back in the day it was the Chuck Norris movies. It was the famous right there, and so right. I was like, uh, "That's what I want to do." Yeah. So like, uh, I, I like that, and so uh, in my country, the races are like uh, one day a week, which is the Sunday. Every Sunday mm-hmm. is, is horse racing over there. You know, it's very official over there for uh, for uh, for racing, and also you know we've been part of to to be racing horses, being Ecuadorian horses, they've been racing here in the states too. You know, and big big races, you know, mm-hmm. like the Pegasus in Miami. Well, and so when I was there, I started my journey in martial arts, and that was a very, very incredible because I began to be good about it, you know, be training a lot, and so, like, a, um, I started, like, a going to tournaments, festival, like, it's for school by the schools, you know, later, mm-hmm. you know, like, a state, a state tournament, later national tournaments. You know, okay. so when you hit the national tournament, you uh, you've been prepared to be a selection for be part of the the team of Ecuador mm-hmm. in in yep. karate. And so I I was like very excited about it. I could continue that, and also of course going to the the school, continue studying that. You know, primary school, later my uh, my elementary high school, and through all these years I was training martial arts. And going to the racetrack every weekend, you know, because we have horses, and so we gotta, they gotta be, be take care, you know. Mm-hmm. So my brother was flying back, you know, from the states to to Guayaquil and racing for a season. When it was a winter, they come back over there, which is a, is very hot over there, and so always we was racing. And so I continue with the karate and uh be part of the the ecuador team i start like traveling you know around south america you know different 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 countries you know like colombia venezuela peru and so going to different tournaments like that and uh um i was uh have the opportunity to have like a open schools you know karate schools because by mm-hmm. then i become to i become to be a black belt and uh i was start i was able to open karate schools, you know, and in different different parts mm-hmm. in my country. And also when I was in uh, one of my, my trips to to a big tournament in Venezuela, I trained over there. I have the opportunity to, to work over there. You know, I was, it was kind of funny because uh, I was for like a week for the tournament and, and I have family over there, you know, like uh, my older brother was living over there. And so I said, hey, well, you can stay here a little longer, you know, and you continue to visit us, you know, and so you might like to stay. And so I stayed for uh, over like a year and a half over there, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so um, I have to make a living. And so I was uh, teaching karate and martial arts. And I, the masters, 
the people I meet over there, you know, like uh, they they say, hey, uh, uh, do you like to come to the to the police academy of Caracas, Venezuela? I say, yeah, they're teaching uh, karate and self defense. I say, okay, mm-hmm. I was on, I was honored to go over there, you know, and so and I did that for like for uh, three months training like that, you know, do like a martial arts and also like uh, self defense for uh, for the, the 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 people in the academy. And mm-hmm. I was uh, I was very very honored to be part of that, and so that was I make a living over there. And some other master over there, he was a teacher of uh, martial arts in the in uh, army army place, you know, the, over there in Caracas, mm-hmm. you know. And okay. so they they invite me too and say, why well, you don't come over over here? Since you've been in competitions here in Venezuela, because when I was living over there, besides to 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 teach in karate, you know, I guess, uh, I was uh, going to tournaments and learn some other disciplines, you know, like uh, American Taekwondo, you know, uh, Jiu Jitsu, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 that was like a training over there, you know. The most I can learn was good. That was my my master always say, you know. And, and so you guys can grab the opportunity, you know, just learn the most you can, and so if you later uh, will teach, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, I was excited about it. I continue to do that, and uh, I have the opportunity to open uh, two two martial arts in, in Caracas, Venezuela, with one of my friends. Like they are like like a big masters over there, and over the years, you know, like we still have a, a relationship, you know, as a martial arts. Uh, it's like a martial arts family. It's like a big okay. group, and mm-hmm. so and that was that was great. And so I was continue doing that. Later on, I come back to Ecuador and continue with my when in my studies I went to uh, went to college and I was studying college. And besides that, I combined my, my my training. You know, I have a, like a when a when a good friend of mine, we have like a uh, karate school, and that mm-hmm. was us. You know, and so like a, so we make a living that, and of course I I I was working with my family, and you know, like a business, you know, family business we have, you know, like realtor. And so, like, okay. uh, we was like always combine that and going to the to the college. And so I was like, I I, yeah. I always be active in the karate, you know, doing seminars and stuff. And always, of course, come back to the racetrack always because it's part of our family. You know, every Sunday we have races and go over there. And through the weekends, through the weeks, we go like uh, to the racetrack and see the horses, you know, training, you know, all that thing. And so always horses being around me all pretty much all my life, and, and I combined that with uh, my discipline, you know, the martial arts and training and teaching, you know, and so over the years, you know, like I start like uh, traveling again, you know, and I have the opportunity because when you are in this kind of tournament, these organizations, they're international, and so they, they, they see uh, the ranking of the the competitors, you know, and so they say, okay, I was uh, like uh, uh, rank 126, and so, mm-hmm. but I was able uh, able to travel and representing my country, and so like I have the invitation to go to the uh, uh, world championship in, in Mexico. But at that time, I received another invitation to come to to compete in, right here in the uh, in the Grand World Championships here in, in the state. And that mm-hmm. was in California on mm-hmm. 2000 on 2001. And so I was uh, excited when I go first like that, but it's, it's, it was most prestigious, the, the the big tournament here in the state, because it, that was like a huge tournament that was mm. uh, celebrating in uh, in Hollywood, California. 
you know, okay. close, very close, very close to the 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 restaurant, Hollywood Park. That time I was excited to, to, to come over because I said I can go to see the, the restaurant. And, and Hollywood oh, Park yeah. always was like a very, <laughs> very famous racetrack. Yeah. And so yeah. like, a, and uh, I always follow, you know, horse racing, you know, and so it's like a dream, you know, like a dream come true, come over and say, okay, so that's what I came to, to the Grand World Championship. In the state, and I represented my country, and it was like a, a, a magnificent experience. I meet a lot of people. The, you know, you meet like a movie stars, martial arts mm. movie stars, uh, champions of different countries. That was like a big. That was like a business line for me. You know, yeah. it's three part of that. You know, and so um, I went over there to to the tournament. Uh, I become to be a second second place in in, in mm -hmm. divisions. And so, yeah. like, uh, because we do a lot, uh, these tournaments are like, uh, they have the different divisions. You will not only uh, do fighting, you just do forms, you know. Okay. Uh, now, these days, you do the forms, that is like, uh, we call them kata or forms. It's like uh, the, every martial art, you know, like uh, in this karate, we call them kata. Kata is like a series of movements, you know, you do like uh, applying uh, to do the, the, the self-defense for different attacks. Yeah. They, yeah. they call it kata. Which is in English we we call them forms, and so okay. they do the same with different disciplines, you know, of martial arts. Mm -hmm. Having made his way to the states via the martial arts route, Jorge was now able to join his brother at Philadelphia Park and re-engage with his love of horses, working hard every day and always looking for opportunities to learn, while also continuing to work on his martial arts training. After the tournament finished, I come back to Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where was my brother was uh, riding in Philadelphia Park back in the day. Okay. You know, and, and so when I, I I came like to see my brother, I was excited because he was racing, and you know, combined time, you know, okay, that was like a dream come true just to see my my brother racing and be part of the be part of all our life, you know. And yeah. I continued, you know, like uh, going to little tournaments, uh, you know, state tournaments, like uh, seminars of martial arts or karate, you know, sometimes they make the task kind of events, you know, and I'll be part of that for a few years. And uh, later we're working at a racetrack, you know, like, uh, and see more, uh, be more action with the horse racing. And so like I said, well, looks like it is my time now. I, uh, I can take the chance to, to, to become to be a, a horse jockey. And that was how I became to be a horse jockey, and uh, of course my 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 brother was a uh, was my mentor, and I have my my brother-in-law was uh, another mentor I have. Like uh, they've been traveling constantly uh, uh, mm. to Ecuador, to Peru, and to for different uh, for race, horse racing, you know. Yeah. And so they was my mentors, and I knew other people, you know, like uh, the being the horse racing business over there in Pennsylvania. Uh, in Philadelphia Park, and that they now they call them parks. Parks, right? So I was, yeah. I was, yeah. So like I, I started learning my journey with horses, and I combine, you know, like with the continue with the martial arts, but just now, now going to tournaments, I going to seminars, or I went to the ah the American the American Nationals, which is like a very important tournament of karate. They make it in Atlantic City. So the the um, Philadelphia Park, I see the horses, I become to be working with horses, you know, it, it's something like a, I was know about it, you know, I grew up in, in the same ambience, we know, of course, how to walk a horse, 
how to take care of them, you know, like they brush them off, grooming, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So when you are born in, in this ambience, you know what to do, you know. So it was easy right. for me, you know, because for people who don't know me, you know, say, hey, you know, about horses, yeah, of course. And so, like, and so I started meeting people, working with horse trainers, and I made good, uh, good, uh, good friends, you know, in, uh, in, yeah. in the business. And uh, when the time was was ready, I was ready to to ride. I was uh, exercising for like four years. And okay. That was in 2005, 2000, from 2005, 2004, 2007. I was exercising a lot, and so on. 2007, uh, I uh, I got the opportunity. I say, oh, I think I'm I'm ready. And for four years, like uh, exercising, you know, I was like working for different trainers. So I can I think it's ready for to to go to the next the next step, which is uh, get your your apprentice jockey license, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what I that's what I did, and um and I was over there for a little while. For uh, until like a start after winning my first race, uh, I had a, the chance to. I was shipping up, shipping to to racing in in Charleston, West Virginia, Penn National, okay. in Pennsylvania, Penn National, which is yeah. in um in Pennsylvania, and I uh, I went to Delaware too as a as a ten book okay. apprentice. You need to go to different places, and so sometimes I have a, a phone call and say, "Hey, like to race over here in Charleston." Mm -hmm. We are say, "Okay," and so I I go over there, you know, racing and stay overnight, and the next morning I exercise horses and breathing horses, you know, prepare for mm -hmm. the next week, and so I come back mm -hmm. to 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 Philadelphia, racing over there, and so I was that was very very nice. I have the opportunity to race too in Maryland, uh, in, in Jersey, and of course in Mammoth Park. You know, as apprentice, you know, you go different places and they will, where I have the opportunity to go, you know, I just, you need to get more experience as a racing yeah. time, you know, yeah. which make, is make important. Too, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah. and I, I meet with really good jockeys, you know, they always were, they always was like very, very nice to me and teach me how to, uh, different things, you know, how racing the grass, how racing with long distance and stuff okay. like that. And also, and also, the uh when I came to the stage for the first time I already was uh, speaking English and so I don't have no problem much thanks to my mother. She she always put me in uh in in like uh, English English classes, you know, and uh bilingual high school and so like it uh, wasn't a problem because my, my family when they come back from the state to Ecuador, you know, they talk to me in English, you know, and so like I get to uh, very familiar with the language. And so, yeah. by the time I just came to the States, I already was speaking. Wasn't fast enough, but I already, you know, into like a start, like I get more familiar with the language. And so I, I was speaking like I do it right now. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was very, that was very, very, very interesting. And to be a jockey, you know, was, was a plus because they yeah. said, oh, you speak English. Yes. And so, okay, just let's do like this, like that, go with the horse, do like that, just go to the prong. Or those those kind of instructions they always the trainers give it give it you know to to perform in the race. If you've listened closely, you've noted already that Jorge is someone who is always pursuing knowledge, insight, and added learning. In pursuit of that, he headed south to Florida. I have a phone call, and you know, like people know me already. They say, "Why you don't go to Miami?" So I went to Miami, and that time was Calder Calder Race Course. Yeah, sure, and yeah. 
yeah, and so I was writing there the last the last uh the last year of Calder and so that was a low experience because Calder uh, was like considered like a like an international writing school or something like that, you know, because the the international mm -hmm. the international roles you can have over there because it was like different uh, different writers, you know, from Panama, from mm -hmm. Rico, you know. They came from Peru, you know, I meet over there, I have the opportunity mm -hmm. to meet uh, Mike Smith, uh, you know, the people like uh, John, Johnny B, John Velasquez, uh, Cornelio Velasquez, you know, and so those uh, guys over there, like, uh, they always teach you something. And they still, when they see uh, a young writer come over, you know, like, see, they always, like, uh, support him because for safety reasons, you know, they, they know, like, uh, they need to learn from the best, you know, you yeah. learn, and you listen, they they're happy to teach more you know and so that's become uh to be like a part of the business you know and and you make a good friend good relationship right there because when you after the gate is open the starting gate is open you gotta try to perform and you know everybody in their line you know it, that was very important you know timing with your horse calder is of course now long gone but consider for a moment some of the names jorge mentioned and some he didn't who made their mark at the now-departed South Florida Oval. Edgar Prado, Alex Solis, Jorge Chavez, Javier Castellano, Jose Santos, Cornelio Velasquez, Eddie Castro, Jerry Bailey, Mike Smith. That is quite the honor roll of jockeys and a huge reason why Calder had our well-earned reputation as a launching pad for some great careers. After detours through the Virgin Islands, back to Miami, then on to Delaware and Louisiana, Jorge made his way to New York. He continues to look at opportunities to ride in the afternoon, but also enjoys the work he's doing with the opportunity to work with the people he says are the best horsemen and from whom he can learn the most. I asked Jorge if he could tell me one thing that people who don't know the racing community should know about the people like Jorge who make this sport run every day. His answer revealed much about him and his heart, the way he deflected recognition onto others. Uh, one thing can be can be who's the really people who take care of the horses, you know, who's behind them, you know, who's right there almost 24-7, you know, every day yep. take care of them, you know. Of course, uh, uh, I'm talking about grooms. Grooms are sure. very, very yep. important for the, for the business. And uh, sometimes, you know, in the business, we don't see them like a, they're like a very important part, you know, the, of, of the 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 horses or the horse racing business because they're right there. They know the right. horse. They know how they they they, they stay in in the stall, how they move, how they how they acting. You know, yeah. the interaction is very important. You know, of course, while the job when uh, you exercise a horse, you know, they uh, it's not just to see a horse going by and gallop and see oh that's a nice horse. No, you know, yeah. you gotta see what what makes that. A horse like this so good. It's many horses we've been seeing like a horses like American Pharaoh, you know, different horses like that. Of course, you know, and horses are like people, you know, everybody is different. Every horse is different. And so like a, you will not take care uh, if there's a groom who had like five horses, he cannot uh, uh, take care each horse the same. But it's a few things that they completely different. So they, they yeah. you gotta do, uh, different treatment for them, you know, like uh, the way you brush them up, the way you like uh, working on, do the leg work, you know, stuff like that, you know. Some horses are like a very, um, they they get reactions from different 
different stuff. Like if you put some med- some medication or the wrong medication, they might get hives. You know, they get like mm-hmm. stuff like that. But who knows that? The groom who's right there. Okay, I cannot use right. this, but I can use that. You know, I can brush it like this. You know, like uh, or fix their mane. How the horses they look beautiful in the in the in the in the parade, you know, in the racing parade, you know, before yeah. the racing, how they look so good, and so that's very important, you know, if somebody take care of them, you know, and so that's no, it, very you important know, to mention. What what you said, uh, I, I I once heard a football coach say, and he said exactly what you said. He said to treat everybody the same, you have to treat everyone differently because you need to know mm-hmm. what works for them, right? And to your point. Yeah, yeah. Like how you how you brush the horse, you know, or or whatever, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Or a thing is, people say in horse racing, if we don't have, if the horse don't have no food, don't have no race horse, you know. So you got to know how to take care of them. That's very important, you know, where they spend them, how to clean them up. That's one yeah. thing I see. I mentioned Virgin Islands when I see one time I was racing in the morning, they how they training. When the horse come back, you know, after training, after exercising, they bring the, you know, those those guys, they come in with like a warm water and cleaning each food, you know, with warm water and soap. I clean it up like a, like a, you go to, to the spa, <laughs> yeah. you know, what yeah. wow. Uh, wow. like, like a yeah. nail, nail, nail spa, you know, you know, the ladies, they do the, the, the nails and stuff and they put you in yeah. water and do that kind of stuff, how they clean it up. Okay. That was like that. I was fascinated. How you doing? And the store, they clean it up like a complete nice from from zero complete to clean it up complete. No they they disinfect them, they put everything nice and the horse get complete mm-hmm. comfortable when they go back the the store. And of course the food they like a, after they they clean it up like that, they dry them up with with a towel cloth and that's how, like, I was, like, completely fascinated. I don't see that in other places, you know. But it's good to mention how the horsemanship can be in different places, like we're talking about. Right. You know, like, right. how you take care of horses, you know. It's part of the business, you know. Do the legwork, you know. And there's one other thing that he mentioned that touched me very deeply. The sentiment he expressed and the way he lives that sentiment. Horse racing is like a family, you know. It's like yeah. a family to me, you know. And anytime I come back to to Ecuador, you know, I always take like a souvenirs or like a riding riding equipment for the the jockey school over there. And so, you know, the uh, riding gear is very sensitive yeah. these days, you know. And yeah. So for the jockeys in Ecuador, it's it's of course it's, it's it's expensive, you know. And so when I go over there, you know, I always take helmets, saddles, racing saddles, racing girls, uh, yeah. goggles, you know, riding equipment, yeah. you know. You know, yeah. uh, I always, you know, because, uh, of, of course, over here, we're working like that, we're racing, we always got stuff. And so I asked my friends, you know, my friends jockeys, you know, like, hey, you know, you, can you donate me something, you know, secondhand, something like that they can wear over there, you know, like a jockey pants or leggings, you know, goggles yeah. like that, even helmets with their names, you know, like that, of course, you know, and so, and... And the people, you know, my friends in Ecuador, of course, they love that thing. They take care of that like a big treasures, you know. Yeah. You know, like having that kind of stuff, you know. So, but it yeah. is nice, you know, always to come back and bring something to them, you know. There is a road, no simple highway. 
between the dawn and the dark of night. And if you go, no one may follow. That path is for your steps alone. I'm really grateful to Jorge for sharing the story of his path, not only how we got here, but his path forward as well, how he plans on continuing to learn and grow. There's a great lesson in there for all of us. We'll be back again soon to share another story that takes us beyond the backstretch. I wish you and yours the happiest and healthiest of holidays. As we always say here, may good health and happiness and gratitude for both be yours, for you and your loved ones, today and always. I got the horse. Ride.